Welcome to the Guitar Dads Podcast, a podcast for guitar dads by guitar dads. This week, Roger Waters fans wish they weren't here, Dave needs some vitamin C, and the Tone Master Amateur? We're modeling bad behavior this week on the Guitar Dads Podcast. Now, the most ill-behaved guitar dads in the world, Matt and Dave. <laughs> Hello everybody, I'm Matt. And I'm Dave, and welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, and a welcome. Welcome three welcomes to, is enough tonight. Yeah, you and the welcomes, man. Yeah, here we are. We're back at it. Coming off last week's interview with Rattlesnake Cable Company. Um, yeah, big you know, thanks reminder, to Hank Donovan you know, Dave, for that. It was fun. It was a fun interview. You can learn everything you want to know about cables. You can you can probably get it on that podcast. Remember that Hank is offering 20% off to Guitar Dad's listeners I think it's rattlesnakecables.com slash guitar dads podcast. How cool is that? So cool. And these cables are great. I just got one. You you probably saw my video if you are on Instagram. By the way, go over to Instagram and Facebook at Guitar Dads Podcast and check those out. I did an unboxing last night. I, I'm really impressed with the the feel of these cables and I tested it today. Now, I granted, I don't think I'm gonna hear a tone difference between like the Ernie Ball cables that I use versus that. But I would be interested if I recorded the two, if I saw some frequency differences. And that's what I'm interested in doing. So I will let you know. We need a Jim Lil video. Do, do cables? We totally need a Where Jim Where does Lil. the tone yep. in cables come from? That's oh, right. We need, we need that. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, yeah, I'm really impressed so far. I, I really liked it. Um, anyway, so yeah, go check us out over, uh, on all the socials, you know, where to join us, come join the Facebook group. A lot of fun over there. Listener mailbag every week. So we get some, you know, listener, uh, uh, submitted questions Yeah, and a good one this week. Good one this week. Yeah. And then we'll, uh, we'll get into it. And if you so choose, please go support us over on patreon.com slash guitar dads podcast multitude of tiers to select. If you want to support the show, we would greatly appreciate that. And you also get, if you're in, uh, I think it's what, the, for just a mere $3 a month, you get an extra episode of us. That's I mean, right. What, what worse, how much worse can your life be if you have to listen to us twice, right? I mean, that's bad. I mean, listen bad. to this. You could go buy a mediocre cup of coffee because anything <laughs> that's going to be good is probably over 3 bucks. So you can buy like a right. mediocre cup of coffee or you could listen to the an extra patreon episode of the guitar dads podcast that's right i mean what's better than that right i mean come on guys anyway you know shall we get into it we shall let's do it all right so uh truth be told out there we are we are doing a we're using some new technology for us we're finally on river so we're finally up to date finally up to date we are now using riverside to record yeah um, and all that stuff so we're working out the kinks so if there's any tech difficulties tonight that's why and also, quick parental advisory, if you were listening to this with young children around, <laughs> been a long work week, so I might be a little ornery, and I just want to let you guys know there may be some four-letter words flying around Dave's, tonight. So Dave's already Parental ornery. advisory. I'm always ornery. ornery. No, no, not, 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 you aren't. Not, you aren't not horny. 
No, no, no. We're not. Well, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I stay out of that part of your life. Um, (laughs) And please continue to do so. (laughs) But but yeah, you're already ornery. I love your shirt tonight, by the way. Oh, no. Nice shirt, man. Looking good. Yeah, man. Good. Dave and I didn't even plan this. If you're just listening to this. Yeah, if you're just listening to this, Matt, I both have our Guns N' Roses shirts on the exact same, you know, the uh, the Appetite logo. Uh, no, no, it's not, not the Appetite logo. Not the Appetite logo, it's the band logo. Not the Appetite, it's the band logo, yeah. The bullet head. The bullet, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, all right, before the show goes completely off the rails, shall we get into it? Let's go, man, the Dataverse. Off we are into the Dataverse. Into it. Into it. All right. This week, uh, we had, uh, so you, you heard me in the intro, Roger. So Roger Waters been in the news lately, um, for some, yeah. you know, questionable comments and whether you believe what he said or not, and the, and the infighting between him and Gilmore and all that stuff. That aside, he's now in currently involved in a, in a solo tour. And apparently he, uh, the other night he angered some fans and a lot of fans ended up leaving early in the performance. Um, and he basically really? told the crowd to, to pretty much fuck off. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, but here's the story. So he's performing like the, re, he's doing, he, you know, he did the, um, the, the reimagined version of, uh, uh, dark side of the moon and he's doing a tour with that and he's playing some other stuff. Right. Uh, what I think what fans were not told is that apparently he's also doing some kind of like spoken word thing. Oh God. And so he just sat down and started like reading excerpts from his memoir, which some reviews, some fans enjoyed it, you know? And I think Bruce Dickinson was doing an entire spoken word tour recently, which I don't understand these things. Like why do I want to go like, like I don't want to go see Bruce Dickinson, like, you know, read stuff or do poetry or whatever the hell he was doing. (laughs) I want to see an Iron Maiden, you know? Yeah, that's um, that's lame, and I don't. I mean, look, I'm not against like spoken word stuff. You know, fine if that's what you're into. Like Henry Rollins always did like spoken word stuff. Like that's great. Like if people are like signing up for that, but like if you get Roger Waters, you want to hear the Pink Floyd? Give me a break. That's dumb. Yeah, but apparently at the end of the thing, fans did. They did stay. They did. They did say they enjoyed hearing some of the memoir stuff. But um, anyway, yeah. So. Waters tells the crowd to fuck off. Anyway. Um, what else is new? So, What else is new, right? Um, <laughs> speaking of ornery, so gr- he's that. So, Speaking of ornery, there you go. He is that. Anyway. Um, so there's a new Reverb store launching. Green Day is doing a Reverb store. Green Day's doing uh, a do Reverb think? store. Yeah, they're doing a Reverb store. I don't know. Store, I'm, kind of kind of a, some cool, I'm kind of excited Kind of some cool it. gear. Yeah, I mean, I. so what is some? what's some of the gear that's on this, Dave? I don't know. I'm trying to pull up the website right now. And Come I can't. on, you're supposed to know. <laughs> there it comes. There it comes. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now some of the stuff that that's gonna be up in this store. It's gonna go live um, next week, and it's gonna obviously feature some of the gear um, that they've used in the studio and on the road. I think these I think these band stores are kind of cool. I think it is if you're cool. a huge fan of some of the bands that do it. It's a great thing. So there's some um, serious gear included in this. A nineteen fifty six very serious gear. A 1956 yep. Les Paul Jr. Yeah, um, during the rev that that uh, Armstrong bought during the Revolution Radio tour, yeah, um, and had in his hotel for practice. Also, a Gibson ES335 built to order for one of his tours. A vintage high watt cabinet. So it's like some serious gear. 
Um, yeah. His prototype, Les Paul Jr. I mean, that's. Yep. I'm sure Green Day fans are going to go freaking berserk for this. Green Day fans are going to love oh, this. Yeah, man. If you're a this guitar cool. player and a Green Day fan, you're going to love this stuff. Are These you are kidding some cool me? guitars, though. Yeah, man. This stuff in is general. cool. Um, and, a f- is- and a Fender Bullet Deluxe. How much better can it get? Yeah, Fender, <laughs> <laughs> Fender Bullet Deluxe. I don't know about that. But um, you know why not? You know this is this is cool. But it was you know owned by Billy Joe and doing his thing, and that's pretty cool. Good for them. You know who recently had a reverb store that I thought was that I'm not I'm not a huge periphery fan, but and but the guitars were so cool. Is uh, Misha Mansour? Oh really? Um, oh yeah, yeah he's they, cool. They, I mean, he's very. I mean, what an incredible uh, guitarist he is. But yeah, he had a, he. Had a re- I love when bands do this though because I think it's such a cool way. To really not only like, you know, you can get, a, you're getting not only a piece of like memorabilia, but at the same time, you're getting some really great like, gear. And if yeah, you want to play cool it, gear, you know, yep. and it's going to be pretty, it's not, I don't know, I don't know what the pricing is going to be on some of this stuff, but I'm sure it's not going to be that affordable. It's not going to be affordable uh, for most people, but yeah. you know, it is your opportunity to kind of connect more with the band. If you're a massive fan, you know, and, and a player, maybe this is for you. So there you go. I totally um, agree. I think it's like I mean, I gotta you know, say, usually like I, this stuff like, would you usually this stuff would go for you know go through like the tax and they would go to the, their favorite stores and maybe sell it to their favorite stores. Um, but the fact that this is like open yep. to the masses on Reverb is totally cool. I think it's amazing. So I think definitely it's definitely one of the it's awesome. great things about the internet. So, oh man. And uh, and lastly, we have we had a complaint. We had a complaint come in from a woman in Whole Foods because Tool was being played. And I find, I just found this <laughs> funny, so I put this in the notes. Um, so so apparently some Whole Foods. It wasn't listed where it was, but some Whole Foods uh, was playing forty six and two. Which to me sounds more like a Patriots <laughs> down in distance these days, but anyway, put that rim shot in there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she complained to the man that, that they were playing death metal. Like this is forty. First of oh. all, Tool's not death metal. Second of all, forty six and two is not even close to like a. I don't know. Anyway, it's well. Uh, I mean, here's you know, the people thing: just like, have nothing better to do than complain. Is real music dying? What even is real music, and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician, and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird, and the deep questions, and we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer, or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in. And go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. For yeah, forty six and two isn't like it's not like um, you know, like nine inch nails. I want to f you like an animal. It's not like it's not like that. It's not like that. But it, <laughs> no. it, it you know, I can see, I can Man, totally see why like. Yeah, exactly. I can totally see that somebody 
you know, might take offense to Tool because they do have some, you know, things that some people might take offense to. I don't think 46 and 2 was one of them, but, you know, who knows? Maybe this person, they, they just don't like the sound, I'm sure. They were like, eh. Oh, yeah. no, what, what, what are I we mean, listening you, you know, to? You're shopping around for your organic apples and like cantaloupe and stuff. Yeah. You don't want to be hearing Tool. I get it. It's fine. Yeah, you, you don't want to hear, you know, it's like, my shadow. My shadow. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway. All right. What else well, we got? Moving on, because we got some we have some gear and stuff to get to and a listener comment. <laughs> um, but we are going to get into the uh, dad joke segment of the week. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to play a thing. You, all right, go for it. Ready? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, breaking news. <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. We, let's try this. we told you. Let's, let's we try this told one you instead. we're using new technology. We're tonight. losing new tech. Let's try this one. The dad joke of the week. Oh, yeah, I like it. That's cool, cool, man. All right, all right. okay. No. Anyway, all right, save that one. All right. All right. Anyway, so a priest, a pastor, and a, a rabbit enter a clinic to donate blood. The nurse asked the rabbit, what's your blood type? I'm probably a typo, said the rabbit. <laughs> Get it? Ah, oh, typo. Anyway. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Should have been a rabbi. And it, if we have to explain the joke. There we, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're a great crowd. Try the fish. Anyway. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I knew Dave was going to love the sound effects. Yeah, You're like Fred in the Howard Stern I show. I am. I'm like, I'm like Fred. Anyway, um, here we go. Uh, <laughs> anyway, show is off the rails. Off the rail. Off All right, here we go. Bring it back on. Anyway, so a uh, a member of our Facebook group sent in the uh, John Willis sent in this week's listener ba- listener Thanks, mailbag John. comment and or question. Thanks, John. Hope you're listening. Um, so he, I'm going to read it because it, it was it was lengthy, but I think it's important to kind of quote him here. Um, the 2008 2000 to 2011 Gibson Les Paul standards had an asymmetrical neck shape that's thicker on the base side and thinner on the treble side. Uh, it's comfortable but really unpopular. It's still available on the Les Paul modern models. What other companies have tried and failed at innovating on things that are the, uh, the, uh, like that in the guitar design? And what of uh, what of uh, those ideas have uh, what and why have those ideas failed? Um, Jeez. so it's an interesting question, but I do want to quickly list off. There are other models that do offer that asymmetrical, um, neck design. We, we're talking about, like. asymm- we're talking about asymmetrical neck, not, not, yes. um, compound radius neck, not two, compound two radius. separate things, two yeah, very yeah. different things. Cause my, my yeah. 2017 Les Paul standard has a, has a compound radius neck, but not the asymmetrical neck that, um, John's referring to here. Yeah. So, and you got to understand the difference. Yeah. One one shoots an arrow, and the other one plays guitar. So, totally different things. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, second dad joke of the week. Uh, there we go. All right, <laughs> this is great. Um, <laughs> Dave can't get over the sound effects. <laughs> It's just so good. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so John, there are other there are other models that do offer the asymmetrical uh, the asymmetrical neck uh, neck shape, uh, like a Music Man Access Super uh, Super Short, uh, the Gibson Les Paul. You super just said the, the Les Paul Moderns. 
Super Sports, sorry. Yeah. Um, and the wait, the, the Les Paul, the, and the Les Paul Modern Moderns I, do. I thought they have compound yes. radius, but they actually have asymmetrical neck. Wow, I didn't realize. That. Yep. And the and the Moderns oh, okay. they offer them in asymmetrical necks. Uh, okay. The Music Man Access and the and the PRS McCarty Five Nine Four, the Hollow Bodies, and the Single really Five Nine Four. Interesting. Yep. Those are all, from what I gathered on the on the interwebs, that these are the but, cu- current companies. These are the current models that you can get if you are into the asymmetrical neck. You know, I'm going to take a. We're going to take this on a little bit of a. I'm going to digress a little bit from this because you know neck shapes are like neck shapes are interesting. And John breaks up a, brings up a very good point that you know, especially on things like Gibsons and Fenders, people don't really want like a modern neck. They want the more vintage inspired necks. It's really weird, right? Maybe it's not weird. Is it, why is it weird though? It, it, maybe, it's, it weird? maybe it's not weird, but it's just an interesting thing that people don't want you to mess with. I think because there's so much history with those strat guitars. Neck. You know? they don't that's, want, why. that's right. They don't want you to mess with the strat neck. They don't want you to mess with um, a um, Les Paul neck. They want it to be like a 50s or a 60, like a 58, a 59 or a 60 style. They don't want this fancy asymmetrical neck stuff i do think it's cool that the modern still exists because there because like i said i really like the compound radius on my on my 2017 standard so it's cool that you can still get that on a modern you can still get that on the modern right dave the compound radius yep. i think compound radius yeah, that's what is a very cool thing just to be honest with you i just i think it makes it i just think you so can in the modern yeah easier i, to I could play. be wrong yeah comment on that but yeah but. T- tell us if we're wrong but um which we probably are, but but it, it is cool that the mod the Les Paul and SG modern that whole modern series exists, so they can kind of do the stuff that you know they were kind of messing around with uh, back in yep. like the um you know you know late teens um before um you know J C Curley and the gang took over. So yeah, it's cool. I mean, but yeah, I think that's a great example of things that are kind of unpopular, especially on the vintage inspired stuff. You know, I would argue that on the more modern stuff like Ibanez and um like some of the Music Man stuff, um, you know, that stuff is more embraced, right? I mean, if you look at the Strand yep. the Strandberg, you haven't played a Strandberg, Dave? Oh, I think you I have not. Yeah, well, no, didn't we? Oh, no. Have I, I? I don't think you Where? were with me. No, you weren't with me. The Strandberg has this this like um triangle kind of shape neck really weird and you pick it up and you're like this is gonna be weird and then you start playing it and you're like actually it feels pretty cool um so you know oh, i think there's i think there's some space for those but that's like an ultra modern guitar right um those are different i think you know what john's probably talking about is you know the more kind of run-of-the-mill run-of-the-mill guitars that people don't think are popular things you know one of the other thing that um Companies have tried and really fi- the biggest v- failure I think ever at a guitar innovation was the Robo Tuners on the twenty fifteen the Gibson lineup. <laughs> um, Why do you say that? You don't like you're not into nobody. The nobody likes them. Nobody liked them. <laughs> it was so bad that Gibson like I think shipped people. Um, regular tuners, if they didn't like it and they want to replace it, that's how bad it was. They didn't that's work. How bad it was. Wow. They didn't work properly. It's also, if we're honest, like it's also just a problem that didn't exist. Like nobody had a problem using a tuner and tuning their guitar. Like no well, one see, ever. And had the, a problem. I was just gonna say this yeah. is this is where part of my argument comes in with the and to go back to John's question. It's like you know some of these ideas fail because you're you're almost creating problems by creating 
innovations because that's right. especially in the guitar world, people there's, it's so steeped in history. A lot of people are kind of going after that history. And I would argue there's a lot of psychology in the neck feel, right? Because if you closed your eyes and I handed you a guitar and you said, yeah, I like that neck. Yeah. But you were somebody who said, don't mess with the vintage fenders and Gibsons. And this is the kind of neck that I want. Yeah. But yeah. I like this neck. And I told you it was a modern you know, it, it, I think there's something to be said about that. People so, don't even like, I think, on, and I think it is cool on the modern that they have the, um, on the Les Paul modern, they have the, like the shaved um, neck heel, right? But people don't even, people don't even want that. They want a Les Paul with the regular neck heel that, to be honest, is a little bulky when you're up on those upper frets, right? But they don't care. They want it, right? And but it's, yeah. I'm but probably it's, one it's, of those people. <laughs> but at the same time, when I play, my PRS, I notice like how nice it is to not necessarily have that neck heel there. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's like, no, no, but yeah. right. But people, people are going after that feel and like people, and there's a lot of people out there that feel like don't mess with history and don't, me- and that's kind of like the, um, I don't know. I don't, mystique is not the right word, but it's like, if you're going after like a, you know, a, a, a Les Paul or a Fender, uh, you know, it's, you're kind of going after a certain thing. Yeah. No, I, um, I think that's and right. I think if, yeah. I think if these companies kind of make too many changes to things, you're, you're kind of losing some of that history and why people are really drawn to your brand. I mean, I think the other thing that has somewhat failed that Gibson did is the weight relief. So my, again, my 2017 is weight relieved. It's basically like a Swiss cheese kind of thing, but it only weighs like, yeah. it weighs under eight pounds. So it's really great, right? It's super and, nice. And it's really, yeah, right? So because they really took it to an extreme, you would argue, um, with the weight relief, right? To make it sound a different way. It still has the full maple cap on it, but the mahogany is kind of Swiss cheesed out to, to relieve weight. I think mine is called the ultra modern weight relief. But if you pick up my 2017 Les Paul, it's really, it's almost feels like a strat. It's, it's really cool, but a lot of people hate that. Nobody really liked that as a thing, especially the Les Paul like, I'm not a gigging. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a gigging, I'm not a gigging musician. So, and I totally respect you guys that are out there that have to, you know, keep the, uh, hold these things all night long and you want the, you want a lighter guitar, but I, I love my Les Paul the way that it is. I, I don't know whether that, that's just over 10 pounds. It's I don't know yeah. the exact weight. I like the weight. I like the beef of it. And now because of that, every time I pick up a Les Paul, that's lighter, much lighter, uh, including yours. It's like, yeah. like, there's something about it where I'm like, yeah, I almost no. don't like it. Yeah, you know? no. I want so, something else. You know, that's why I think when JC and the gang came in, they did well to say, no, we're doing a fifties inspired, essentially a 59 inspired standard and a 60 inspired yeah. standard. And, the 60s, yeah. and that's what we're doing. That's going to be the core line. Yes. We'll still have the modern to do the weird shit that I'm discussing. I think the modern is still way relieved as well, if I'm not mistaken, but you got, you got go look at the specs of the modern and tell us, Tell me if I'm wrong. I just don't know them off the top of my head, but I know that they kept a lot of the innovations that people kind of liked, like that specific type of person liked and put them into the modern was my understanding of what they did. Like the shaved heel, like weight relief, like compound radius necks, um, stuff like that. Like Dave's talking about asymmetrical neck shapes. Um, so that's cool. But yeah, I think, I think that was ultimately to do that on your core line, like on a Les Paul standard, and you still always had the traditional, of course, in the Gibson USA line that wasn't weight relieved, but people had a real problem with that, that it was a standard that was weight relieved. You still hear, you still see people on the, the, the Les Paul groups and forums complaining about it. Like, I don't want a Swiss cheese guitar, you know, 
Um, so, so there's that. So, um, yeah, so I think like, I'm really focused on Gibson on this. I, I you know, I think the other one that's in the other like innovation quote unquote, that just has no appeal, which is fascinating when you think about it is onboard effects on guitars, right? Like, yes, like, yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. Ever since like the sixties and seventies, there's been like guitars out there with like, there's a, it's a built-in fuzz or a built-in, you know, overdrive or distortion or something like, remember the Gibson RD, which came out, I think in 78 or 77 around that time, it had like these kind of like weird effects on it. Right. Um, we had switches and stuff on it. Um, you know, and other, other companies have come out and done it and it just, it's not something people want. Like people just don't want effects integrated into their guitars. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, I can you, appreciate that. You know, what, what do you think about that, Dave? You know, I tell you who, who does a lot of that, like onboard effect stuff. And I think it's very cool. And you can look at, watch some of the videos. He does some like really funky, like tech stuff on his guitars. Matt, Matt Bellamy. Bellamy. I knew you were going to say Matt Bellamy. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah but yeah. he, but like people aren't running out and buying his signature guitar because it's too no, complicated No, they're not buying his use, signature guitar. You know? No, his signature guitar is not, his signature guitar, I don't think has all that. All, oh, that it doesn't. Yeah. Okay, okay. 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 No. Yeah. But I think it's an interesting um, but he, point. He's, he's one that uses a lot of that stuff lately. So. I know, very, I know. I think it's very cool. I wouldn't necessarily want to buy one. So this is what I'm saying. Even though we have this amazing rock star doing it, no one wants it. <laughs> it's, right. It's just one of these things. It's too complicated. It's too like, I just want to play guitar. I don't no, want but to like, think about, have like, more switches and you know yeah, touch screens and all that shit. Well, yeah, but you want a giant pedal board with switchers and MIDI and all kinds of crazy shit on it. It doesn't make any sense, but that's how guitar. It's it's a it's an odd phenomenon in the guitar world that no one wants things on. Like you know, like like pretty much everybody likes reverb. Put some reverb. Like put a nice it's too wild. Put a nice reverb on a guitar. Every basically everybody uses reverb, right? But no, no, don't no. I and I'm with you. I would probably buy a guitar and be like, no, I don't want. What if I don't like the reverb? Because you're messing, you're messing <laughs> with like the the guitar as an instrument has been. Yes, I now. Should 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 something evolve? Absolutely. Should should uh, companies come out with certain innovations that make sense and that players want? Absolutely. But I think the the guitar itself, or the concept of a guitar, is so like etched in history. Every, when you say guitar, everybody has an image in their yeah. head. Whatever it is, I think having something like that where you've made such a drastic change is just it's just too much. It's too much. Nobody wants it. But it is. But it's an interesting to John's point that he brought up here. It's very interesting that, you know, it's an innovation that nobody wants, right? So, yep. yeah. So, so, there you go. so there you go. I think we've probably, I think we did pretty well on that topic, but we can talk more about yeah, it. Yeah, John, thanks want. for sending that in. John Willis, <laughs> uh, come join Facebook at Guitar Dad's Podcast, where you also can submit some comments and we'll talk about Tell it. us. The last bunch of weeks have been very good stuff from you guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, we love it. And tell um, us other things. You know that we missed here. I'm sure there's a many, many more other things that oh, we missed. I'm sure. So tell us on a weekly basis. Yeah. So tell us because yeah. I think it's a really interesting topic. That it's just guitars are a weird bunch, and you know yep. they're not super easy to please. So there you go. And you're going to hear a lot more about that in the Patreon episode this week. So if you want to head over to patreoncom slash guitar <laughs> yeah, yeah, support the show. We're definitely going to do that. Should we? Um, should we do one? We got to talk about the Tone Master on the main episode, Dave. We're going to talk about the Tone Master now, and we're also <laughs> going to continue that talk over to Patreon. But there is another 
as Matt said, guitarists are a weird bunch, and we're going to tell you why in the Patreon episode this week, um, and it involves me. Oh, so, okay. All right. A little yeah, the tease. Tone, tone Master, Matt. The, so Fender came out with the Tone Master Pro, which is basically their their answer to the modeling. It's a modeler. Uh, you know, in, in modeling system uh, solution, and um, you know, so Matt, why don't you tell everybody about this? This thing? was the biggest you know, onslaught of YouTube and Instagram and basically YouTuber promotion that we've ever seen. <laughs> I'm sure there's others, but anytime Fender comes out with something. One of the big ones, yeah. You know, we talked about this with Andy uh, Ferris from the Guitar Geek, of Guitar Geek YouTube fame that, you know, really companies have really embraced YouTube as a marketing tool and it's great. I actually think it's great to see that all of your favorite YouTubers had one of these ready to go, you know, to give you their thoughts on them. And I, I just think that's a great way to do the marketing. You know, I, w- I will say, yeah. you know, I saw a comment on the internet on Facebook where somebody said, it's annoying that they all come out on the same day. Why don't people space them out so that I can take some time and doing it? And it's like, like, I, like that's because everybody goes on the same day to look for these yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. Why. That's and, every, and nobody wants to miss any. Nobody wants to be missed. Thank you, Dave. Dave just said it because nobody wants to be missed. And and if you do it the next day, it's kind of like yesterday's news. To be honest with you, right? So, yep. but it is true. Like for people like us that are kind of you know really heavy consumers of guitar YouTube, um, you know, you're not going to get through them all in one day, but I think it's fun to like go through them all and see them all hit the one day and be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go back and watch this guy's take on it and this guy's take on it. So I, I think it's a fun thing to do. Um, so, you know, that's being what, what it is. But so this thing is a full fledged, it's modeler. It's right up there with the Helix and the quad cortex. And so it's priced really similarly to the full, full on Helix. I think it's, 1700 bucks around there which is comparable to the full-on helix and and we all know at right right when this thing got released at 1700 bucks neural dsp just dropped the price of the quad cortex that's right like immediately and, and claimed that you know <laughs> their production costs and everything else because of the pandemic and now they're able to lower their prices uh-huh Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the same day the that same the Tone day. Master Pro comes out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. Quad Cortex. Fine. Okay. Thanks. Neural DSP. Thanks. Thanks. Neural DSP. Um. So. So yeah. So they lowered the price. So now that this thing, this thing is on par with the Quad Cortex, the full Helix. Um. And you know, is it though? It's not on. It's not on par with um the full Kemper and the full Axe Effects. Um. Those are still a little bit more the fra- like a fractal um, axe effect. Those are a little bit more. Those are more in the between two and three thousand range, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so not that much more. But anyway, um, so this thing is comparable to those units, standalone kind of pedal board unit, not like a piece of rack gear or anything like you're getting with um, fractal or with or with Kemper. Um, and um, you know, it, it it seems like they took a page from Quad Cortex and have done a full touchscreen interface, very similar to the Quad Cortex. The other thing they did that's very similar to the Quad Cortex is they did the thing where you can adjust amp and pedals settings by twisting the foot switches. The foot switches themselves yes, twist. Yep. So that was a thing we saw first with the with the Quad, and now, you know, Fender is doing it. Um you know, I watched a bunch of these things. Um, I saw what's going on. I think it's a little bit controversial. I don't think everybody's in love with this thing. I can tell you, Red, no, Red in Shell, fact, the reviews, 
Yeah. No, go ahead, I was Dave. Just gonna say. No, I. Yeah, the reviews were not as, you know, glowing as you would expect. I think from some of these, some of the reviewers. Uh, as Matt just said, Rhett Schill, if you want to go ahead and comment on that, because I think he brought up a lot of good points, and I did hear what he was talking about. I don't know if you Yeah, did. Rhett, Rhett didn't, let's just be honest, Rhett didn't love it. You know, he did a live stream nope. on it for like an hour or a couple hours, and, you know, he didn't love it. Let's just be honest, he didn't love it. Um, some other people tended to like it quite a bit. Ryan from 60 Cycle Hum said that it's the drippiest modeler he's ever heard. And, you know, he's Reverb Drip Master. <laughs> and that sold him alone, yeah. just that. Yeah. So that says something, you know. I, I got to tell you the truth. Like, the clean tones I thought were really good, which you would expect from uh, from Fender because they basically use that tone, what is it, tone master technology. Yeah, but were you- were but were you hearing the same like high end, high end, high a top end like hiss and kind of uh, yeah, fuzziness you know, I, that Rhett was talking about? Yeah, I mean, I heard I the believe, same thing. I believe Rhett when he says that, and I heard it after he said it. When I listened to some other reviews, maybe because it was like embedded in my head that I should hear it. Yeah, yeah, I was that, hearing it as well. I believe you know? Rhett when he says that. You know, in his ears, that's what it sounded like. I, I, I'll tell you the truth. I, I um. You know, I didn't love. You could hear it if you go back and listen and watch his uh, live stream. If you haven't, it's yeah, a, yeah, you can go check you, it you out. You probably will hear exactly what he's talking about. So the other thing that I was a little bit excited about was, you know, because I have an EVA champ, and EVH is you know owned by Fender, right? So you would think they would get the EVH thing right. I wasn't super impressed with the EVH tones I was hearing out of this thing from the from the demos I heard. But maybe that's just me because I own this amp and I have a specific um tone in my mind but so you know it's really like dave and i always talk about it's really hard to judge um but i think you know me like you know i do kind of trust someone like Rhett to tell me yeah this sounds good or this doesn't sound good you know i also trust ryan that ryan you know when he says it trips it trips you know so if you're into that kind of thing maybe it's your thing um i i, I think fender was aggressive to come out with such a high priced full featured piece of gear um, but, you know, maybe it's the right thing for somebody. You know, look, if you're, you know, if you like that, you know, the the interface, you love Fender tones, you know, it does have some cool features. I like how they went about the speaker, you know, emulation piece of it. It seems like it's easy to dial in a nice tone with all the IR kind of what functionality they have in there. That's kind of a cool thing. Um, you know, it has cool like routing and stuff like that. Um so I don't know. I mean, it's, it seems like a cool kind of piece of gear. I'm glad there's more options out there if you really want to get into the modeling game. But I just think it's a big uphill battle for Fender when you got a Helix that just sounds so good at, you know, especially when you got like well, the HX Stomp at such a lower yeah. price point. That just sounds so damn exactly. good. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm just going to say. And, you know, my, I guess my, my, my biggest takeaway from this release was that. You know, is the acceleration of development of this kind of gear, are, are companies rushing a lot of this stuff too soon just to keep up? And is that is that acceleration almost killing them? Because trying to keep up and developing what, they, what they're putting out there, is it kind of getting released without working out a lot of the tweaks? And also at the same time, and Rhett pointed this out. You know, are there are they kind of setting up the device to make some adjustments? Oh that yeah, they maybe they plan in the future and they haven't had them ready yet. So let's get the thing out there, 
see what people like, and then we'll kind of take feedback and make the adjustments as we go. Well, Neural DSP um, totally but, did that. I mean, they just. I mean, th- th- this thing's been up for a few years now. The the quad cortex and the and the um, you know, the kind of software like the kind of computer interface for it, like literally just came out, is my understanding. Right. So it's like, and you know, and they, and they just haven't been adding as many effects and as many models as quickly as, you know, I, I was kind of shocked to hear that, you know, the models in the quad cortex are not the same as what you're getting in their plugins, right? Like the plugins are a wholly yeah. different thing than what you're getting in quad cortex. Like that's a no, like that to me, that's like a deal breaker because the plugins are the whole reason I'd be attracted to the quad cortex that I'm going to get that sound in a pedal kind of based unit. And the fact that I'm not as annoying, you know, I've heard that they're working on that and you're going to be able to get like, you know, the Soldano SL, you know, SLO 100, that plugin is going to be in the quad cortex. Like that's why I would want it. Right. You know, I think the other reason people really were attracted to the quad cortex because it has the capture technology, um, which, you know, people think is a little bit better than, um, than Kemper. So, you know, so that's, I mean, Dave, we talked to the LA maybe band and the, the, the commoners, both of yes. them are using, um, amp captures. I'm not using the right term. What is it called? Profiles Amp profiles. profiles. Both yeah. of them are using amp profiles that they have in their own studios out on the road live. Cause they're going And the reason they're doing that yeah. is because they're going and touring around, they're going to Europe, they're doing their thing. And it's easier than, you know, the, these are not like big bands that have a bunch of, you know, well, roadies that can haul their stuff around in amp techs. So, you know, they went to the no, car. It's cortex. so much more convenient. But, yeah. And it's road tested now. That thing is road. The neural, the quad cortex is, is road tested and, and beloved. Um, and my question I guess is to you is, um, let's skip ahead a year. Let's skip ahead two years. Okay. Yeah. Where do you, do you see the, do you see based on the initial reviews? And I don't know, it's really hard to predict any of this stuff because chain, um, you know, updates can come out. Um, they can make necessary changes, whatever. But in two years, do you see this thing kind of overtaking the quad cortex? Because I, I, I feel I, like I, that I, piece I think, of gear yeah. is so advanced and so preferred that it's going to be really hard to compete. I think if quad, if neural DSP starts releasing all their amazing plugins, on the quad cortex, add some better effects. Um, the thing is going to be a little bit unstoppable for your modeling needs. If you're looking to get into the modeling game, then it's going to be a little bit unstoppable. However, the helix is due for an upgrade. So if helix comes out with a whole new kind of platform, you know, touchscreen capability like the quad. Maybe you can do those little twisty knob things. You know, I, I think the Helix is due. The Helix has been around for like 10 years. And yes, they've been updating the software, doing amazing new things and modelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's interesting. Um, and oh, we just uh, we just lost Matt. So uh, anyway, well, tech difficulties. Not sure what happened. But if we are still recording, we're going to wrap this show up and head over to patreon.com. Uh, I'm sorry. Pa- yes, patreon.com slash guitar dads podcast. If you want to hear us and support the show, go over there and uh, check us out. You can also find us over on Instagram at guitar dads podcast and um, as well as on Facebook at guitar dads podcast over there. 
So, um, yeah, um, I will speak for Matt because he is no longer on right now. But um, that is this week's Guitar Dads podcast. Keep rock alive and we'll catch you guys on the flip.